Thank you for joining me at the Ghost Light. My name is Matt Morris, and I want to get to the bottom of what inspires the average theater professional. There are a lot of people to talk to, so let's get to work. Thanks for listening to the eighth episode of The Ghost Light. If you're joining for the first time and like what you hear, a rating on the podcasting service you use and a subscription would mean a lot to me. In addition to that, I'm looking for theatrical personalities of all types and professions to join me on the show. If you know someone with a unique story that works in the theater, send them to TGLpod on Twitter and Facebook or theghostlightpod at gmail.com. Send me a short description of who you are and what you do, and we'll try to get something scheduled. In this episode, actor Jonathan Fielding sits down with me to talk about his experiences starting a theater company, as well as his involvement with the play that goes wrong on Broadway. Jonathan is a very insightful individual with a lot of professional experience, so this was a very interesting conversation to me. We also chat about the play that inspires him, The River, by Jez Butterworth. Enjoy. And she's going back home She can't take me with her But I will Hi, Jonathan. How's it going? Hey, good, man. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for uh, agreeing to be on the show. It means a lot to me. Yeah, yeah, sure. Thanks for, um, thanks for having me. For people like me who really don't know much about you, why don't you go ahead and just start from when you got into the theater to you know where you got your education and where you're at now? Uh, yeah, sure. So um, I was interested in theater pretty young, pretty young. I always thought of it as sort of a uh, uh, a hobby, not something that I would take too seriously. Um, <laughs> was really interested in the hotel management for a long time. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, um, and then I went to, uh, TCU and again, was kind of doing it as a, um, as an elective. And I had a teacher stop me and say, uh, you know, you should really consider, uh, doing acting on a more uh, serious basis. You should see, consider doing it uh, as a major. Um, and, uh, and I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't really have a lot of direction in my life at the time. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And I hadn't really thought about theater as something that I could do professionally for money. I, um, so I was kind of honored that he said that because I felt like he, you know, he was in a position of authority and had seen a lot of people. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I took him up on it and I, and I talked to my parents about it and I said, you know, I think I want to do this. And they said, well, great. That doesn't really matter because if you want to do something after school, you can still do something else. You can go to grad school for something else if, you, if you're you know, interested in, in, in uh, changing your path. And so I graduated from TCU with a theater television degree. And um, yeah, and I kept moving forward. And so then I, I uh, applied to grad schools and I, uh, I got accepted to Rutgers in New Jersey, Mason Gross School of the Arts. And um, and I knew that was a pretty serious program for actors. Uh, I, I had some friends from TCU who had already gone there and spoke really highly of it. And, uh, and so I followed 
in their past. And, um, and I went there for three years after that. So seven years of theater training, um, which, you know, a, a lot of people do it, I guess, but, um, yeah, those were, those were some good times for sure. So, so that's how I got to where I am now pretty much. Great. So I read on your uh, your bio that you're also a professional wrestler. Can you speak to that? <laughs> uh, that is a lie. Yeah. I always put that on there because I think it's sort of obvious that I'm not uh, a professional wrestler. Um, yeah. No. I just I just sort of threw that on there as a joke, um, just to see if people. Yeah, because you know I, I don't even know if like what people read on there if they if they take it seriously or not, and if they bring it up in conversation like this, then I think it's pretty funny. Yeah, and you can just um, yes and it, you know, go along with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> then I'll try, I'll try to wrestle them in in an audition. Yeah, so you can yeah, prove it to them. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so you, you said you went to Rutgers and then after you got out, I know that you have experience starting theater companies. So the Harbor stage company, and I believe you were also, did you start amphibian theaters or were you involved in that in some way? Wow. You've done some great research. I, um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) so technically I was not there the very first year that amphibian, uh, got together, but um, I, I saw their first show. I was in the audience and I really loved it. And, uh, and I thought this is a company that I'd like to be involved with and it'd be great to be in a show and work with some of them. And so the second year I, I got involved and I, and I tried to get involved in a way that wasn't just like, I want to act for you, but it was more like, what can I do to help? And, um, and those were the first stages of like learning how to operate a theater company. And uh, Kathleen Culebra, who still runs the company, was a friend of mine, and she brought me in, and so they gave me some other jobs, and and then I think I, I think I, I understudied with them for the first job, which they didn't even really need an understudy. <laughs> it was a show in New York, off Broadway, off off Broadway, and it was like a four week run, but they're like, oh, we'll give them an understudy job, <laughs> um, uh, which is very kind of them. Uh, and then the next year they did cast me in a show in a, in a kind of major role. And I, I just thought that was great and was really honored. And, and I've worked with them since then. In fact, I worked with them last year. Uh, I directed a play with Amphibian last year and we're in talks to maybe do something next year too. So, um, yeah. And then with the Harbor stage company, that was one that is still going on Cape Cod and uh, it's a summer stock theater company and I was there from the beginning and working with some other actors and, and part of what we wanted to do there was uh, my friends who are the actors in that company wanted to have some, some ownership over the work that we, we, we get to do in the summer. Uh, so that was what was really driving uh, the beginning of that company for us. And, and it's still going and we're in our sixth year and, um, um, uh, very excited about that and very very proud of it and um yeah it's two couples who run it me and um my partner brenda withers and uh and two others who live in boston bob Croft and stacy fisher and uh yeah so it's nice. i feel like i feel like as an actor you know i'm not somebody who's just been like casting things my whole life you know i've had lots of periods where i wasn't working and, and trying to find work so I, I feel like if you if you really want it to work you can make make projects for yourself. And that's, that's kind of what I've tried to do. So I've always gotten that wisdom from teachers as well. If, if you aren't working, go and create your own work. But 
on like a scale of one to ten, where would you say that level of difficulty is? Like just picking up and starting your own company. Yeah, it's very difficult. <laughs> it's very difficult. I would say it's like a nine, probably. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it you have to have a passion for it, and you have to, and the passion has to override doing things that you don't want to do. You know, I never wanted to be a person who has to raise money or has to uh, uh, put together um, a website or. You know, I, I, I do the playbill every year for the harbor and I, I sell ads <laughs> and it's just not, it's not like what my natural inclinations move towards. Um, I've, I've learned to like it a little bit more, I think, but, uh, yeah, I think you just have to, you have to, I don't want to say suffer for it, but you just have to know that you're going to do things that you don't want to do and you have to be okay with that. And then, and you, and you can't like hold it against other people if they're, not doing those jobs or if they're slacking, you just have to kind of keep moving forward. And, and if you need other people to do those kinds of things and you have to find people who want to do that as well, but the rewards can be pretty great. You know, I, I, uh, um, Brenda and I got to co-write a play, uh, and do it. Uh, we did it at the Harbor and then we also did it at Amphibian, uh, last year. And that was a pretty awesome experience to have your own play produced and, and another theater company get behind it and put some money into it, you know? Um, so, I mean, it's, it's really hard work, but I guess I just sort of, I, this is what I signed up for. So I'm, I'm fine with working hard. Yeah. So your, I guess your greatest stumbling block was making yourself do things that you didn't want to do, but also is it difficult to get people interested? Because as somebody who started a podcast before this one, and then this podcast, it is pretty difficult to stir up like, excitement about something yeah you need some controversy you need someone to come on here and just like <laughs> yeah start saying crazy things <laughs> i gotta find that person you're right <laughs> yeah. i mean there's still time um, in this interview so you can be it if you want to yeah i'll think i'll think about it if i have any big <laughs> revelations um uh yeah man it's really hard it's really hard and uh i think perseverance is a great thing and um i think uh you know it sounds kind of Silly and maybe obvious, but like marketing is a great thing if you can find a way to to market um, market your product. And then uh, you know, for us, what, one thing that was really helpful about the Harbor is, uh, Stage Company is that the place that we started was a place that theater had been created already for the past like 25 years. So people already associated it with um, a successful theater. And when they came, they didn't even, some of them didn't even realize that a new company had taken over, even though we changed the name, even though we renovated the lobby, <laughs> taking the signs down and put up new signs, they, they still were just like uh, a little confused by it. I mean, partly because we had been some of those actors who'd worked there previously too. But yeah, I think, um, I don't know, I guess I would say perseverance and also like ingenuity. I think probably as you're working, you have to keep your eyes open to say, what can I do better? What do people respond to, but also still lies within the framework of what I want to do. Yeah. And, and just like, you know, just keeping your eyes open and making, making sure that people are, are responding to it. Yeah. When you're starting the theater, you, you have to get that feedback from somewhere. Is that internal or is that external or kind of a mix of both? Uh, I think it's a mix of both. Yeah. I think you can't just do what you think is right all the time. I think you have to get feedback from people. And honestly, like people will just tell you, people will say, if you, if you have people who are engaged, like our audience members come up and tell us all the time, 
If they didn't like a show, they'll tell us. <laughs> if they liked it, they'll tell us. And uh, we, we do something a little unique in that after every single show, we go to the bar and we invite the audience to the bar and, and we're there to talk about the show or not talk about the show. or just there to like chat about whatever. And sometimes people come up and say, great job. And other times people say, Hey, did you see the new restaurant that they, they've opened up? You know, it's like, it, it doesn't have to be about <laughs> our performances, which is great because it also creates more of a, a community. So I think, I think it's a, a little bit like, uh, it's a give and take, you know? And creating relationships with people, yeah. So I also want to get some information, or I guess your perspective on where you're at now. So you're currently understudying on Broadway for the play that goes wrong, correct? I am. I am indeed. So how is that going? Oh, it's great. It's a lot of fun. It's a really cool theater company, um, British theater company called Mischief Theater. And they have this amazing Cinderella story about, they, they went to school together. They um, they studied together. They enjoyed working with each other. And then when they graduated, they did improv shows. And they built this place uh, that was sort of making fun of like uh, community theaters who do like murder mysteries. But not just any community theater, like like bad community theater. <laughs> <laughs> so there are lots of great community theaters as well. Yeah. In fact, I, I work with two of them. So, um, but uh, but like actors who maybe don't have a lot of training or have some training and think that they're amazing. And so they, they, anyway, they created this piece called, I think it was originally called like the, the, the murder at Christmas or something. It has like a silly name and it, it was started out as like a 15 minute piece. And then it grew into like a 30 minute piece. And then some producers saw it and said, you should really make a full length version of it. We'll put it up at this theater. So they did that. And then it went to the West end and they had a big, big West end production of it. And then strangely, like J.J. Abrams came to the show and went backstage (laughs) afterwards and said, I want to take this show to Broadway. And so these guys were like, yes, thank you. And they went. So now they're here on Broadway and they're um, they're performing it. And uh, they're so much fun and they're so young. They have such great energy. They're all like in their like mid 20s or early 30s, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, and they're they're just hit with this like massive success in the theater, which I think is just. It's really incredible. So I'm really happy to be there um, and learn from them and um, be a fly on the wall for how, how they operate their company. And, uh, and yeah, it's great. And there are only two Americans, me and, and this um, other Texan named Amelia McLean. Uh, and she and I have made all these new British friends now. So I <laughs> <laughs> feel very lucky about that. It seems like there's a certain amount of, uh, I guess, luck involved as well. You, I mean, having J.J. Abrams come to just see the show. Do you feel like you need that kind of luck to be truly successful or can you kind of earn your way to the top? Oh, these are great questions. Um, I think everybody needs a little bit of luck. I'm not going to lie. I think like perseverance is great. Talent is great. Uh, unfortunately, some of this relies on you being at the right place at the right time uh, or meeting that right person. But I think, I think, you know, you can make those, you can be in a situ in, in more situations where that's that, that that's probable for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> if I'm staying home, working all the time, and not out meeting people, then chances are pretty unlikely that I'm going to meet somebody who's going to show me like uh, who's going to help me along the way. So, um, you know, a, a social life is very helpful. Um, being somebody who's comfortable talking to people 
is very helpful. I mean, I think you can do really good work on your own and maybe people will come see it, but, but people want more than, than that often. I feel like they want some sort of connection. And so it's, it's really helpful if you are somebody who can go out and just talk to strangers. I, I, I have, I struggle with that. You know, I, I think I've gotten a little bit better over it after the last, after the last like six years. But if you are somebody who, who can do that, you're going to do better. I mean, think about like, there are a lot of, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to name any names, but there are some people who maybe you view as not very talented, who are very successful. And I, I would wager that some of that has to do with like how they are socially and um, how they make other people feel sometimes. I guess my last question about being on Broadway really is like, what experiences differ from being on Broadway as opposed to maybe a regional theater or even, you know, a community theater? I would say like, as far as like community and regional theaters go, often you know who is in charge and you know, you know, the number of people that are in charge on Broadway, while you still know who the director is and maybe in my situation, the writers are also uh, somewhat directors of the piece. There are a lot of producers that I don't know about, and there's a management company that I don't really know that much about. And so sometimes things will change because somebody um, in those echelons have asked for something to change. And so I think, I think probably one of the biggest things that I've found is that there are people above you that you just don't know who they are who are saying, hey, can we change this thing or have you thought about this? And so some more conversations happen because I think there are more, um, more hands involved. You know, That's one big thing. Uh, definitely there's uh, some pressure, but I, I guess I feel like there's always pressure. You know, Even if you're at a community theater and you have the local newspaper coming, there's pressure to have like a good performance so that they don't write you a bad review. Um, but here, I, honestly, like, there's I, there's a lot more of it, so maybe you just get a little bit more used to it quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Broadway has, like, four weeks of previews, so by the time the New York Times comes or something, you've already been performing for a couple of weeks. You shouldn't feel terribly nervous, you know, the night that they're there, although you probably don't even know, honestly, when they're, when they're going to come, but... Um, yeah. And then I think the other thing is just like money. They have, there's more money on Broadway, right? So things that you might need that you, you'd have to ask for at a, at a community or regional theater, um, depending on where you're working, uh, they just, they already have it there. You know, I think I've never been to in a, in a show where they offer physical therapy every week for whoever wants it. Um, this is a pretty physical show, so it's a really good thing that they're offering that, but you know, if I was at a community theater and I, I was doing a physical show, I, I might have to ask, hey, <laughs> can I get a physical therapist because I'm having problems uh, performing this, you know, every week? Yeah, so I'd say some of those are big differences. So I ask everyone that comes in the show to think of a show that is inspiring to them. And you mentioned The River. So I really don't know much about The River. Can you explain the plot to me briefly? Yeah, so the plot's actually quite, <laughs> it's quite confusing. It's uh, it's not complex. It's just, uh, it's not linear, but um, essentially I'll set it up for you in case uh, anybody uh, hasn't seen it and wants to go see it. But it's uh, it takes place in a fishing cabin and there's a, a man who's a fisherman there and he's spending the evening with uh, a woman and they have a very, I don't know, um, close relationship. 
but but they're, they, you can tell they haven't been together a long time, but they're still like in those early stages of the relationship. And there's this kind of mystery about, you know, why they're there. And you, you find out they're going fishing, but it's this like remote cabin, you know. And she leaves the stage, and then all of a sudden another woman walks on. And she seems to have a similar relationship to this woman. Sort of early on in their relationship, they're, you know, they're very flirty. And, and it's a little confusing because you're like, well, wait, is he there with two women? Or what's going on? You find out that... Um, one of them has maybe disappeared, and then the other one comes back uh, throughout the piece. It's a little confusing because you're you're actually seeing this guy have this relationship with two different women. Yeah, and I'm not doing a, a wonderful job of setting it up, but it's such a poetic piece. And w- while it starts out with this mystery about the guy in the cabin and why he's there and what's the what's going on with these women, and it actually is just like it, the piece like sits in this emotional psyche for us. Um, because it's so beautiful and poetic and it's about memory and it's about meeting people. Yeah. It's Jez Butterworth who wrote, uh, Jerusalem, which won the Tony award a couple of years ago and Mark Rylance performed in it. And, uh, he's just, he's an amazing playwright and, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a gorgeous piece and it's got, uh, lots of great imagery and, and I can't recommend it enough. There is one part on stage that's really hard for people to do. <laughs> <laughs> and that is that they, they actually got a fish on stage. They, wow. they have a trout. And they, um, yeah, and it's, um, I mean, it's not a really easy way around it, unfortunately, but it's like you're watching somebody in the theater gut this fish and then cook it. And, you know, he he dresses it and he um, sticks it in an oven and then they eat it over, over the next scene. And it turns into this like strangely like sensual thing about somebody preparing food and eating. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's tough on the fish. I'm not going to lie, Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but it's a, it's a pretty cool thing to see in the theater. Mm-hmm. So why, when I said inspiring, did you think of this show? I think it has a lot of qualities that I really like in a show. It has poetry in it. It has beauty in it. It has love in it. It has mystery in it. I, I think uh, it's it's one of these pieces that it just it, 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 it should, if you have an open heart if you come to the theater with an open heart it will speak to you in some way and it will make you long for people in the past that you might have lost communication with and think about the people who are in your present uh, in a different way yeah so and I, and it's different it's not just like a straightforward play I love straightforward plays but it's it's a challenging piece you know it, it, it's a little bit more abstract. And I think that's fun. You know, it requires you to, to think about things a little differently. And that to me is, is inspiring. Um, because it's also simple. It's not like, you know, there's not like uh, explosions and falling scenery. And it's, it's just like, a, it's like text and people in the space. I just, I love it. I read a, an excerpt, I guess an interview with Jez Butterworth, where he said that he wrote the play to give goosebumps. That's, I guess, where it came from in his mind. Does it do that? And how does it do that? Yeah, it definitely does that. It definitely does. So there's this like, ah, God, again, I don't want to give too much away, but there's this question in the play as to like, one of the women disappears and you don't know what's happened to her. And so you don't know if she's died. You don't know if uh, if she left uh, the man. You don't know if she was murdered. <laughs> it's a little, it's, it's very ambiguous. And I think he, he made that purposefully ambiguous so that by the end of it, you, you do get an answer, but it maybe is not the answer you expect it to be, but it's, uh, it, it gives you goosebumps because it's, um, 
It comments on the complicated relationships that we have with other people. It comments on on love. I think a lot of people think of love as like this one thing, like I'm, I'm going to find my soulmate and I'm going to be with that person. And this, this challenges that notion in some ways. And, uh, and says, you know, like love is something that you might be capable of with anybody in the room. If you are for looking at it in the right way or offering yourself to that person in the right way. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty emotional piece, believe it or not. And, and, uh, I remember after the show, people would, it wasn't one of those shows that people just like jumped to their feet and, you know, were applauding for, but they'd kind of sit in the theater and think about it, or they'd come out to the bar and talk to us and, and, and ask us some questions about it. It, it. it raised a lot of questions. All right. Well, thank you for that. You've definitely sold me on it. So if I see it anywhere around New York, <laughs> then I'll definitely go catch it. Uh, so I've just okay. been, I've been asking everybody this last question. It's just something that I did in the first episode. So I've, I've kept with it. Uh, what is your dream role and why? My dream role. Oh boy. Well, I'll tell you, um, I have officially been invited to be part of the replacement cast for the play that goes wrong. And maybe I'm hoping in the next two weeks <laughs> that they'll have announced that. Um, but so right now my dream role <laughs> is, uh, is in this, is in the show. And, um, I'm going to be playing, uh, Jonathan who plays the role of Charles Habersham in the show who um who is the guy who actually gets killed immediately at the beginning of the show but he does he does have more in the play that he does and I'm very excited about it and it'll be my official Broadway uh debut. Well, congratulations. I'm going to go with that for right now. All right, well I want to thank you for coming on the show. This was very insightful for me. I learned a lot about you. Uh you're a very interesting person, so that's good that I had you on. Um and yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh do you have anything else to say? Go go see the play that goes wrong. Yeah, man. No, thanks. I, I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, and you ask great questions. I wish you guys the podcast now. Thank you. I, I very much appreciate that. I'll be in touch, Jonathan. Okay. All right. Take care. Thanks again. You too. Bye. Thanks once again for listening. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, a rating and a subscription go a long way. Let me know how I'm doing. What kinds of people do you want to see on the show? Next week, my friend from college, Jackie Ray, joins me to discuss life on a Disney cruise and the musical Sunday in the Park with George. If you like the music, Melandros and Breeze are linked in the show notes. See you next time at The Ghost Light.